This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is our weekly visit with Eric Captain Ryan Harklaw as we look ahead to Saturday's Iowa Corn Cyhawk Showdown with Iowa, the first top 25 matchup, heck, top 10 matchup in series history. We hope you'll enjoy our roundtable discussion. Well, guys, obviously a big week. That goes without saying, but Hark, you're a native Iowan. You got to play in this series. Tell me what it, what it meant to you to play in this game. So as a kid growing up, this is the, from Iowa, this is the game you dream of as a kid. And you'd watch it on TV. We, you know, I remember being at birthday parties and, and different events or family events, and you're watching this game. And it, it, half the room's on one side and half the room's on the other side of what you want to have happen. And I mean, I can't tell you how big that is as an Iowa kid that you, you I miss this game still and if I could play again just for one week this would be the one week you'd want to strap it back up and go at it again but I miss it I think about it a lot this game and the memories I have from playing the game of football usually come back to this some way shape or form hey Hark going back to your sophomore year the 15 game winning streak was snapped what was that like for you I actually had the flu, uh, was fighting the flu, didn't even know if I was going to travel to the game. But Mark Cortez, the famous letter that, that Coach yes. Carney read, I've n- never been part of a game where the entire locker room's crying before the game, you know, and the emotion that went into that game from that letter was so impactful just because of what Mark C- Cortez says. You don't, you don't know when your last snap's ever going to be in the game of football. And he talked about that a lot in there and what we all meant to him and what we all meant to each other. And so that was a big part of that game and the emotion of that game. And I, we were not obviously favored in that game. And to come out of that thing 27 to 9, nobody was expecting that outside that locker room. But as soon as that letter happened, I really truly believe that letter was a big part of us getting over that hump and learning how to win in games like that and compete at that level. You know, I don't think I'll, I'll forget that block punt that was, I think, the seminal play of that game in ending that streak and starting a new one. That was an incredible play. Do you remember what you thought when you saw that? I do. Well, so Kevin Wilson was the one that yeah. blocked that punt. Yep. And so Kevin, who is also good friends with Mark Cortez, I think obviously we all were. But when Kevin made that play, it was, here we go. That, you, you know, it was like someone needed to break through and have that big play. Because that, that's what this game is made of. And by the way, that's how you beat Iowa. They don't like to make mistakes. <laughs> Obviously, nobody does, but they just don't make mistakes. They don't beat themselves and never have. So to make a play on special teams where they normally are rock solid or to get a turnover or to change the field position like that, that is what Iowa thrives on. Is They hope you make that mistake. And so when we started making those plays against them, uh, that was a big part of that win. For those who aren't, uh, familiar with the story, Mark Cortez, out with an injury, unable to play, wrote a very emotional letter that, uh, was it Joe Parmentier that read it? Yes. Ryan? Yeah, read it to the team. And and, uh, and, and actually, we're working on a, a documentary on that that game and, and that letter for Cyclones.tv that Tom Corchell, Tom Corchell to this day still watches that game on the night before the Iowa State-Iowa game every year. He watches the 1998 game. <laughs> it is his all-time favorite. And 
it, it was the turning point because then Iowa State won five in a row. And Eric, you've called so many of these games through the years, and Hark touched on a few things, but what do you think it usually comes down to when these two programs get together? Well, turnovers are, are huge. It's like that block punt. I mean, you go back, Iowa State is hasn't been able to beat Iowa the last few years. Iowa hasn't turned the ball over. Iowa State has. And, you know, these teams have been fairly evenly matched over the past few years, but Iowa State can't afford to turn it over like Hark was talking about. You know, Iowa doesn't make the mistakes. Well, Iowa State has to maybe force them out of their comfort zone to make some, to make some mistakes in this game while not making the big mistakes that have plagued them even like two years ago, uh, some a couple big mistakes really uh, limited Iowa State's chance to win the game. So I think Iowa State's got to win the turnover battle. I mean, I, you say that every week, but in this series, man, that has been really borne out by the team that wins the game it is the one that takes care of the football and gets, you know, a, a, a turnover or two. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. Yeah, and it's not only that Iowa State has made a handful of mistakes in this series in recent years, but since Matt, since Matt Campbell has been the coach at Iowa State, Iowa has not turned it over once right. uh, against Iowa State. So how do you get some pressure on a quarterback who hasn't been in a hostile environment before, like Spencer Petras, maybe create some mistakes by forcing him into some decisions he doesn't want to make? I think offensively, you know, we can ball control puts that situation, you know, and I think when you go back and watch the Indiana game, they got on the bad side of that. So they're down 14 and you're putting pressure on a person like we have to start making plays. So I think that's where we have to get them is believe it or not, our defense is rock solid. I, I there it's a great defense. It's built strong. But I think a lot of times where those mistakes happen, is when you put them in an uncomfortable situation where, hey, we're down 14, we're down seven late, we got to make something happen here. And I think that's what you have to do. What's scary, you know, is, is Iowa, they'll, they'll run the ball off tackle, you know, 52 times a game if you let them, if they're up by seven. And then it does make it very difficult to make those plays. But if we can offensively get some things going, moving the ball, ball control on them, then you force the action on a quarterback that hasn't seen – anything close to the environment he's going to see on Saturday. Both these defenses, I, I think, are really good. I really like Iowa, love Iowa State's defense for sure. But is there going to be a big play or two in the game? Special teams, you know, uh, for sure. Could be an area where there's a big play. But, you know, we had a big pass play a couple years ago to Tariq Milton. Can Iowa State hit a big play? Because I think it's going to be these teams, Hark, I mean, they really mirror one another. They both want to play ball control, you know, play action pass. And I really think, you know, if you can find a way to hit that one big play, sometimes that's enough to swing, uh, swing the balance. It is because the other side's going to try to match it, you know. And, and I think that's where it comes down to it is if, believe it or not, I mean, yes, our defense is there and strong. But, again, I do, I, I'm with you. I think it's 100%. If we can make a big play offensively, a big ball, you know, down the field or some big strike and score quick, you then put pressure on them. Okay, we have to respond. And when you're thinking, I have to, at that point, that's when our defense can step up and make that play that, that you know, like the TCU game, you know, they're coming in to score. And the next thing you know, they throw an interception in the end zone, we return that thing back to, you know, to the opposite 20. And a lot of that was just pressure on a quarterback to do something at that time in the game. And our defense stepped up and made a great play. 
I think one thing you're going to see for sure in this game is both offenses being very stubborn about trying to establish the run and, and both de- defenses being insistent on that's the number one thing they're trying to take away. And so, you know, which, which team can make the other one dimensional or at least get them out of the rhythm with the run game. And you mentioned that Hark, the, the off tackle 52 times, <laughs> and we've seen it a million times. Then all of a sudden it's the naked bootleg and the throw to the tight end. And even though you know what's coming with Iowa, they do it very, very well. And so it, it reminds me of when I was used to play Nebraska and you knew exactly what they were going to do, but they did it well. And and that's what Iowa is. They're predictable, but they're good at it. They're boring, good at it. And, and I mean that, I mean, as a, respectfully, that you knew what they were going to do when you play them. You still know what they're going to do. Nothing's changed. They could even come out and play, hey, we're going to run the ball right here you know, and tell you before they do it, you still have to line up and play balance because the next thing you know is you think they're going to run the ball right there off tackle and boom, here comes that bootleg and one of their tight ends crossing the field. And if we're not responsible on the pass protection, they're out the gate for an 80-yard touchdown. You know, they're famous for the same thing, play action pass, and they send one of the receivers straight down the field, right down the seam in the post. Same thing, if we're not – our safeties get a little – you know, a little heavy up in the run because they run it 16 times in a row, boom, they're out the gate with an 80-yard touchdown. We have to be very disciplined against Iowa uh, to, to make sure that we are successful defensively. You know, and John, you, you mentioned uh, these teams being st- stubborn, I guess, is, is a word. <laughs> Your word, I think, is probably accurate in terms of trying to uh, run the ball you know, and stop the run. Uh, but I think both these coaches uh, are satisfied with uh, just a knockdown, drag out fight, you know. And can Iowa State effectively run the football? They struggled a little bit against Northern Iowa. And give you and I credit, I thought they were they were really good defensively for sure. But can Iowa State find ways to consistently move the football on the ground? I I think that's a that's a question in this game. We got maybe the best running back in the country. The best, certainly uh, for my money. Can he be given the lanes? Can he make the right decisions? So you can have success in and put those long drives together that ends with seven, not three, or a punt. To look and feel my best, I reach for Authentic Brand Gear. The style and comfort of Authentic Brand by TCB Companies delivers that boost of confidence to be my best. Outfit your life with Authentic Brand Gear by TCB Companies. And don't just do it. Do it in authentic brand. Yeah, and you guys, you heard Matt Campbell probably say it this week, that they were just a hair off on some things offensively where he felt like some big plays were there. And I think as novice fans, myself, I'll put that in that category. I I don't see those things necessarily. Hark, did you see something that that you thought was just a little bit off, just timing-wise, where – Maybe if Brees busts through that first line of defense, all of a sudden there's that 60, 70-yard run that we're so used to seeing him get when teams stack the box. Yeah, and I, you know, I think one of the – when you talk about the novice, a lot of times you go to that, that, that peewee game or little league game, and if we can't run the ball, it's, it, you hear it, block line, right? It's everyone yelling block line. It's the, it's the most amateur thing to yell at a game when you see someone not running the ball. Well – they had nine guys in the box. They were stacked up. They were not going to let Brees Hall beat them, and they, and they didn't, you know. So, but when it comes to running a football, it's 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 more um, uh, complicated than than just the push. It's obviously very important to get the push. But we had the same offensive lineman out there that, that played against Oregon and completely dominated that game. 
So we have the horses out there to do it. Now the timing, you know, Brees did say, I think I can play a lot better. You know, there were some times where he probably wasn't as patient as he was before. And I think we've all seen it where he's back there. He takes a couple steps and then he puts the foot in the ground and is gone. And I think last week he was really wanting to make an impact and he was hitting that hole a little fast, you know, and, and, you, you, you're being critical of one of the, of the best running backs in the nation, but that could have been a piece of it. Again, I, I, I don't know exactly why we weren't able to move the ball, but I will tell you that offensive line, they're fighting five on nine, right? Or the tight end, you get the entire right. end of the fullback. Now it's, it's, um, it's seven on nine. So they're, they're having to move and create lanes with a lot of people in, the, in a, some space, and you just have to be patient until those lanes open up. Guys, what does the return of Charlie Kohler mean for this offense this week? Wow. I think it means a lot. I mean, after what happened in the opener last year and, of course, Charlie missing that game and missing this one, the dimension that he brings, as much as anything, I, I think it's a bit of a security blanket for Brock Purdy to have a guy he knows will make his catch radius is so big. His ability to make plays you know, while being pressured or even interfered with is incredible. But I, I think from a psychological standpoint, it's great. It, it's especially great for Brock. I agree. It also is really good for Brees because that linebacker or safety that's up that's going to cover or try to cover Charlie now has to pay attention to him. And as soon as that happens, you that ninth guy in the box cannot be in the box anymore. That eight guy – Eighth guy in the box can't be in the box anymore because Charlie is a threat down anywhere he wants to go to run a route. If it's man-to-man, there's not a better tight end in the country getting open on man-to-man coverage. So I think he helps open that run game as much as anything else just because of the threat he has on the, on the play-action pass or keeping that safety honest, you know, that they have to stay back and honor Charlie. I want to go back to something you talked about a couple minutes ago, Hark, and that was the offensive line and same guys out there. And same guys, but, but not as a combination. You know, this was the first game where Sean Foster, Trevor Downing, Colin Newell, Daryl Simmons, and Derek Schweiger lined up in the positions they were in along that offensive line next to each other and played a whole game that way. And if you think back to camp, there was a lot of mixing and matching. We heard Matt Campbell say there were 11 guys that he felt comfortable could start on the offensive line for Iowa State. And that's tremendous to have that depth. But as you're mixing and matching in camp, maybe you lack a little bit of that continuity with the five that you're going to settle on uh, playing together. So do you feel like as the season wears on, just like we saw a year ago, as you settle on your group, as you settle on your five, that that continuity that's so important to an offensive line organically develops as the season goes on? I think that's extremely important, you know, and, and, it's just no different than a quarterback and a receiver getting on the right timing. The offensive line is exactly the same way. You may have a double team uh, where you're going to eventually work your way up to the linebackers. Well, that guard needs to know how long to hold before he can work to the next level. You know, just how long does it take Colin to get there? You're right. Downing hasn't played a year, so that timing gets off. And, and like I said, he's a great football player. It's not a matter of skill and, and ability in that, in that room. Them working together and understanding each other. I think – I really believe this. I think we'll see probably the greatest improvement from week one to week two in that position room because they are very talented. And again, it's just the continuity and the timing of working together. Well, that's obviously going to be a huge deal. Offensive line. I mean, everybody needs to play a little better than they played last week. And you mentioned, I think the entire team can take a big step from week one to week two. Coaches talk about it all the time. Matt 
talked about it as well. Just kind of getting your feet wet last week, traditionally, or the last five, six years, hasn't been a quick starting team in, in September, you know. But I think with what the what Iowa State has in terms of experience, I think it's it, it's a great opportunity uh, to show some real growth here Saturday. And it's a game that's so big that it's going to be necessary. But I really expect to see it happen. I, I think there's going to be a huge improvement in the way Iowa State played their execution. It just sharpen up. And John, you were talking, you and Mark were talking about, you know, last week, those big plays. Well, just think of all the drives that were stopped. We had two fumbles on plays that could have been first downs, and you end up, you know, not getting the first down. You had hold. You had uh, Tariq Milton slipping. Just a number of just little things that stopped, and you were never able to get that that momentum. It was just like you were fighting uphill a little bit. I, I really think this week will be different. Which leads me to this, guys. I, I think we've even talked about it. I think all three of us will not be surprised if this is a knockdown drag out defensive battle but at the same time there's a bunch of all-americans running around on these two offenses yeah <laughs> you got Brees Hall, charlie kohler who we've talked about tyler linderbaum outstanding center for iowa you know xavier hutchinson a first team all big 12 brock purdy first team all big 12 i mean tyler goodson first team all big 10 there's some offensive weapons in this game and so is it possible that we're all reading it wrong and it ends up being a little bit more high scoring than people think that's the scary thing. Every time you yeah. talk about games like this, you're thinking you get in there, it's going to be a 10-7 game, and it turns out 47-44 in a three-overtime game, right? We've, we've been yeah. to that game before. Right. And so I, I, we have the ability offensively to explode, and I couldn't agree more. And I think that we will see a little bit more of that. Uh, and um, Charlie does make a really big difference for Brees, another All-American. I'm very excited to see from week one to week two this offense. And we have a lot of talent back there that, that performed very well last year. And um, it's the same guys. And, and I'm excited to see what they do this week. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones John Deere dealer of choice. Guys, this is uh, obviously a national showcase game. Uh, it's never more evident than the fact that game day is here. And I think Matt Campbell is so good at, at keeping those distractions away from his team. But I do think that more than anything, the fact that game day is back for the second time in three years, with everything that Iowa State fans have been through, and, and all of us as Iowa Staters have been through in these last few weeks, with all the, you know, the nervousness and the uncertainty about what the future holds, I look at this game day thing, and I think Jamie Pollard made a great point with us on Monday, Hark. Uh, on the Colin show about, you know, let's let's make this a celebration of Iowa State football and of what Matt Campbell has done to get it to the point where game day's interested in coming here twice, you know? And to me, from a fan perspective, it's like, man, let's just go enjoy this game and be thrilled that Iowa State football is in this position because of Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell has been... Uh... Incredible for Iowa State. There's no, there's no getting around that. And Iowa State is relevant, relevant nationally for really one of the first times in many, many years. And regardless of what happens Saturday, we're still going to be there. We're still going to be that team with great opportunities ahead. You know, I'm not hedging my bets here or anything like that. But, but I think that's part of what Jamie's saying. Let's appreciate what we have. Let's win the football game, sure. Uh, but let's just continue to to support this football team and football program. Iowa State football is in a great place. The best place it's ever been in. I've been around a long time. And 
There was a nice stretch in the 70s. But right now, this has surpassed everything that Iowa State has done. And still, so many great things are possible for this football team after Saturday, win or lose. Sometimes the fan, I feel like our fans are feeling like they're stepping to the 18th green or the 18th tee box with a one-stroke lead in a golf tournament. And everyone gets a little tight. Your grip gets tighter. You're just not as comfortable. It is probably, I mean, we are in a territory we've never been before, but I think we need to enjoy this. And it's not built for one year. And I want to tell Cyclone fans, this is not built for one year. There are guys in the depth of this team. You look at how many people played on Saturday in a a six-point game. We're talking probably 22 to 23 guys played on defense a a lot of time. And then offensively, probably close to 18. So a significant snap. So this is enjoy it. I couldn't agree more, Eric. Enjoy the time. But no, this is not like here's our shot at everything or anything. It's this is where we're at in the program. And it's in an amazing place because of Coach Campbell and what they've done to build this program. And throwing out a golf analogy, by the way, Ryan, is a really way, good way to get Eric's attention. Uh, <laughs> guys, I, I'm just going to throw this wide open for you because I don't want to guide you on this one. Just I want to get your final thoughts, something that you feel is impactful for this game or might make a difference. Uh, just want to get a final thought from each of you. Go ahead. For me, I mentioned turnovers earlier. That That's huge. But part of that, I guess, would manifest itself in the play of Brock Purdy. Brock can't afford to make the big turnover. If he does, he's got to be able to shake it off and bounce back. But I really think, and I've said it before, there's a lot of great components. Iowa State's got a great quarterback. But this team will go as far as Brock can take them. I would love to see Brock have a, a tremendous performance in a game of this magnitude. He's had them before, but in this series, to, to come away with a win, I, I think we'll go as far as Brock can take us because I think a lot of the other components are there. Yeah, for me, it's controlling your emotions. Speaking from experience here, my senior year playing at Kinnick for the last time, uh, we won the game, but walking into that game was probably the most emotional I've ever been before a game, meaning wanting to win, wanting something so bad that you're playing with such strong emotion. I was ready to go for that game, getting on the bus, just traveling to the stadium. I was too high for too long. I, I, I will tell you, I struggled for the first two series just to play at the level I needed to. I didn't, I didn't want to leave my legacy at Iowa State that I lost to Iowa the last time and almost put too much pressure on myself. So for me, be us, play within ourselves, emotionally stay within yourselves because there's going to be good and bad things that will happen, not get too high when we hit that big play, but also not to get too low when Iowa gets a big run or a big play as well, because it's going to probably happen on both sides. Just continue to play within ourselves and we'll be just fine. Yep, it's easy to get caught up in all the noise outside, but bottom line is Iowa State has a good football team, guys. Just got to go do what they do. Go do what they do and see where the chips fall. But I feel really good about it. And appreciate you guys coming on as always. This is a lot of fun and I can't wait for Saturday. Go Cyclones. Let's do it. Today's Sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.